Welcome to the Gaming Trend Podcast, the official podcast of GamingTrend.com. My name is Anthony Shelton, and I am joined by David Burdett. Hello there. And also Noah Rigsby. Hi, everyone. In this podcast, we talk about the latest games we could get our hands on. We talk about the games in our backlog we should have played a long time ago and games you absolutely need to play. We also squeeze in news now. So for one solid hour, David got to play with his new shiny PSVR 2. So this is his initial impressions on that. I've been playing a little bit more of Hi-Fi Rush, so I have uh, some more solid thoughts on that. And Noah's got a game called Souls of Kronos 2. Never heard of it, so I hope to be surprised. Also, Atomic Heart, which David reviewed, so we'll definitely talk about that. Sony's latest state of play happens, so we'll share our takeaways on that as well. So let's start with Atomic Heart. Just take the floor. There, go. So Atomic Heart, I guess I can start with it this way. Like, this thing has reviews that are all over the place right now like the, the the reviews are very mixed on it i love the game it's honestly it depends on kind of where you sit in the genre as well as where you sit with what atomic heart is doing because it's sitting in the i guess the easiest way to put it is narrative fps it's it's a bioshock style game which Honestly, there haven't been a lot of games that have attempted Bioshock, which is considering how many people copy concepts is kind of incredible. Uh, maybe it just came from an era where everything was, wasn't as big. Maybe it was just that sales weren't as big of a deal, even though I'm pretty sure Bioshock sold pretty well to constantly be thrown into remakes and remasters and whatnot. But we've not really seen this take on it. And given this is Munfish's first game that they've done, what they've put together is actually very impressive. Um, one of the things that I've that, that you notice right off the bat is the game is just visually it's it's gorgeous. That's not something that you always see, uh, especially in a first debut, because a lot of times you're having to nail that kind of. The, a lot of times graphics are kind of secondary. Or, or, or they spend a lot of time focusing on it so nothing else works. and it's Or, or you go for a different kind of art style with indie, especially not as the, the more realistic kind of style. But it is uh, the, the gameplay that our video watchers are seeing. Like, this is my gameplay from the PS5, and it looks fantastic. Like, they did a really good job putting all these character mo models together uh, once it gets into the gameplay. Like, w when you're in the outside world, everything, the, the the scale of everything, the all the mountains in the distance, the buildings, everything, it looks beautiful. But then when you get inside these facilities, it, it, because everything's condensed, there's even more attention to detail in all the little things just around the facility. You've got all these, you know, the the, the ripped up floors, the, the bodies strewn around, the blood marks on the floor, all those kind of things. Like, it's all really cool how this team has been able to put everything together. And the fact that it looks really good on console. You're not having, this isn't just, oh, I'm playing it on PC. That's the only way this game looks good. No, it looks even better on PC, but it already looks fantastic <laughs> on console. 
So, because they've actually worked with NVIDIA, they've got DLSS 3, or, yeah, DLSS running. So, I mean, I've seen some of Ron's footage, and the shadows and stuff that they're able to put in here are just ridiculous. Now, as far as the game itself goes, one of the things that I really like about it is that whole dual hand thing that you get with everything. So just like Bioshock, you have powers on your left hand and you've got your, your weapon on the right hand. And just like Bioshock, again, you've got melee, uh, whereas with this, you do have several melee weapons you can work with. You've also have a couple of different guns that you can use at the same time. Um, I, was surprised because if you watch video of this, if you watch previous trailers, you're going to immediately think that the melee is clunky. Like it, it looks clunky when you're actually using. And yes, I did just get attacked by a pig inside that <laughs> video. Um, when you are using the melee weapons, it does not feel clunky holding the controller. And that's all that really matters in the end. It feels responsive. It feels like your hits are landing. And and that, to me, is what, what matters when you're playing a game like this, when you're doing melee. Because, yeah, there is a lot of times where you're just smacking the button and you're just flailing around like Skyrim or Dying Light or something like that. But you're you feel the weight of the weapon pretty well. So I, I was very happy with how that at least went across as well as there are some lighter melee weapons that they have in there. So you can have more like the, the ax that you're wielding uh, that's two handed. So it is a lot heavier, but I could craft a like one handed ax or whatnot and just it's, it's a lot quicker so that there's an actual benefit to the upgrade system as well with changing some of this stuff around. Same thing happens with the guns. You've got your, your quick pistols that you're using, but then I was able to craft my favorite actual gun in the game was the AK, uh, which they have a different name on it. And I can't remember what it is, but the AK 47, uh, it's very useful as you're running around. But of course, one of the things that's the most fun to use is the powers. Um, you, Something that's interesting to me with Atomic Heart that doesn't happen in a lot of games like this is they don't use the powers as a you have to get this power to access this area. Like a, a lot of games do do that with as a way to kind of get you to want to up to get certain powers. There's one power you have to get at the very beginning, which is shock to open a door. That is the only time beyond one that Digital Foundry found, which was solving a puzzle that you will actually need your powers for. Like, you could go the whole game and decide, I don't want to upgrade any of these powers. I don't want to buy any of them with my the my earnings from killing robots. I just want to use shock the whole game. You can do it if you want to. So that I like because it gives you that freedom of choice of you go in the powers menu. It kind of surprised me because I look like I'm like, wait, all of them are here. <laughs> I can buy whatever the heck I want. So I went with freeze for the majority of the first half of the game thinking, okay, I'm just going to freeze everything up, which is, it's as fun as it looks in the different gameplay trailers. Like when you just stop a robot completely and just the ice goes over it 
and then you just walk up and smack it a couple times and and break it apart. It's awesome. But as I went on, I ended up upgrading the mass telekinesis and man, there is something about picking up like when you have a bunch of these things come at you all at once and then you use that and you kind of see that hand like go up and you see all of the, all of your enemies rise in the air then you let it go and you see him just do bring his arm down and then all of them smash down around you. That's just a satisfying power to use. One of the reasons we play these kind of games, power fantasy. You got to sell me on the power fantasy of it. And while the game isn't always a power fantasy, man, mass telekinesis, like there was one specific level I was playing where a bunch of there, there are these trying to figure out if infected works for them or zombie. I, I don't know what you could really call them. They call them mutants in the game. I guess that's the best thing to go with because there's this parasitic plant that turns them into these feral creatures, corpses into feral creatures. And there was a bunch of these things just coming out of doors at me as I was waiting for a performance to finish up from a robot so that I could get an item that I needed. So it was one of those moments of I wasn't having to defend anything, but is one of those moments in the game where they're like, oh, okay, let's pad this out by having you sit here and listen to a robot sing while while in a bunch of bad guys come at you, <laughs> like a horde mode kind of thing. And I don't know that any of them actually touched me because I kept just mass telekinesis <laughs> lifting them up whenever whenever a couple of them would get in. I'd let them get as close as they could. Then I'd just lift them up and smash them down, and because of the difficulty I was playing on, it was like an instant kill. So it was... It was it was funny <laughs> because I felt like I kind of cheesed. That is like, oh, you're gonna cheese me, game, by making me survive waves of enemies. I'm gonna cheese you, <laughs> and it worked. And there's just like, there's other thing. It's it's nice to know that I can go back to the game and explore it with a couple of other powers and see how it works. It it gives me a reason to go back rather than okay here's a specific door and unless you have this power you can't get through it like shock it makes sense that's you have to that that's a some one of those powers that it makes sense that they would tie some things to but it's what's interesting about shock is shock is actually a power that exists as its own button whereas these other powers are all controlled by one shock is the only thing that has its own dedicated button as far as powers Everything else is controlled with another button when it comes to your power. So they, I just like the system. Like it works really well. The upgrades feel really good. Um, one of the things you may notice in the video, like to do upgrades, you're picking things up. One of the coolest looting options I've ever seen in a video game is inside Atomic Heart. And all it is, <laughs> is you hold down the telekinesis button which it, i'll be honest the the regular telekinesis is not very useful because pretty much all you do is you pick something up and you throw it to distract something that's really all you end up doing with it it's not regular telekinesis however when you walk into a room and there's a bunch of drawers and all that all of us hate that right you, you go into a room, you're like, I got to check the trash can. I got to check this. I got to check that. 
they completely just threw that out and all you do is you hold down that button for telekinesis and you walk past these drawers and as the prompt button comes up for you to hit that button if you're just holding it down all of a sudden the door will just open or the top of the box will open up and it the the items will fly to you so it'll actually show it right here in this clip yeah, that's I mean, that's that, looting <laughs> such a time saver it's just it's just <laughs> one of those things of it, there's always that you know i didn't know i needed this until i used it and they even do this whole in this in this actual section that we're watching they actually do the, your glove actually walks you through a thing of oh this is how you have a backpack and it actually takes all the things that you get and it shrinks them and then it unshrinks them later when you need them <laughs> and so it actually gives you this kind of neat little idea of how everything is working the way it's working and i just it just feels very satisfying to loot things in this game and i know that's a really silly thing to be like over the moon about but i was kind of over the moon over just how awesome it is to loot things in this game because it, uh, it it really lends itself to that power fantasy are the things you're looting things you have to look at nope you don't have to check any of them it actually just throws it in your inventory and everything that it's almost like you're grabbing very specific things that are useful to you so that's the yeah. other benefit of it is you aren't going to end up with stuff you don't need yeah so it, it I don't know how random it is or how they've gone about like the the amount the specific stuff you get if like they said hey this drawer is going to have these things in it but in the end all of these crafting you're getting crafting materials that are useful to you to make shotgun shells or cartridges so that you can make your axe have a fire or a freeze uh empowerment or whatnot so <clears throat> the, have, okay. go ahead <laughs> no 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 I, I was i was about to move into something else what did you have one of my concerns when i was watching all the trailers was melee combat obviously you said using melee weapons feels good what, how does the combat feel? Because from the trailers, it looks like you take a hit, take a step back so you don't get hit, go in, swing, maybe a hit, maybe you miss, step back so you don't get hit. You know, it's just kind of this dance back and forth, which could get pretty monotonous. Is it more complex or interesting than that? I think so. And the reason being is you can change very quickly your weapons in combat. So there, there is a weapon wheel. So as assuming if you've got your, you've got kind of one of those Resident Evil backpacks of this takes up this many squares. So you got to equip everything. And I had like four different weapons equipped. I could have put more in there. I just didn't. So I was swapping back and forth between some of my guns in certain combat situations to my melee, and it does the whole Bioshocky, or it's more gun games do it, but the slow down so that you can kind of have that moment to breathe to, okay, I need to move over to this weapon. But then 
of course, the powers changes things up as well. Because, obviously, in the middle of, like, a melee situation, like you said, sometimes you're dodging around, but I freeze this guy, <laughs> take a couple whacks at him, shock that guy to keep him off my back while I finish this guy off. That's really where the dance ends up, for the most part, is you're using these different systems together to make things work. Uh, I've had, I had a quite a few situations where it was cause they, they allow you to have two powers beyond shock active at once and you flip between these two. So sometimes I would be like fighting. I'd be, I'd be fighting one dude, but then all of a sudden I moved my way into where the group of them were starting to come at me. So I would switch over to mask telekinesis and lift them all up and smash them down. But then I'd have this guy come over. So I'd have to flip over to freeze, freeze him, whack at him a couple times while his buddy's coming up and I'm waiting for my telekinesis to recharge. So there, there is, like I said, I, I think there's a lot there as to what you can do. Uh, especially because you can add certain status effects to your weapons through the cartridge system, be, be either being electricity fire or freeze ice so i could specifically equip certain weapons with these cartridges that oh i know that the the robot's electricity is going to affect them more so i need to pull that out but oh wait this mutant's coming around the corner i need to use fire on him so that there's there's a point i guess to everything and it does help you out as you're moving through <clears throat> does in in the gameplay uh you know you have the melee the attack weapons and then you have guns and stuff um how was the ammo economy like were you able to if i because i prefer gunplay could i go through yeah. the game strictly gunplay and not have to you know obviously I have to go scavenge specifically for ammo um but is there f player freedom to kind yes. of Okay. Yeah. Um, at the start, obviously, you, you start with a melee weapon. So you're going to spend at least the first little bit fighting, scavenging, stuff like that. But the game, at least, once again, I, I played on a lower difficulty just so I could kind of enjoy it and look at some of the systems without being killed. Uh, yeah, the game the was... <laughs> The game was extremely generous in me just picking up and finding ammo. And that's without me doing anything with my scavenged crafting to be able to build more ammo through my, through my crafting. So, and the crafting stations are are pretty. This is an area I don't think will be as as difficulty. I don't think would change it much. The stations you go to to save and to craft, they're pretty prevalent throughout like there there's a plenty of them throughout there so you'd have opportunities to build plenty of ammo and there's a lot of different kinds of ammo as well for different guns so once again i never really came to a spot where i was like oh crap i don't have any ammo i just i i enjoyed the melee enough that honestly <laughs> i spent a lot of time using it and then switched to weapon those projectile weapons more when i had to because they're like for instance there's several flying enemies that are smaller in the game makes no sense for me to be swinging an axe at these things especially when half the time i can't even reach them so i would actually pull out 
uh, either a regular gun or they actually, one of the things they have is they have electric weapons and your melee fighting actually charges your energy resources. So I could run up, melee a guy a couple times to build up my energy resource, switch to my elect electro, one of my weapons, fire off a couple of shots. And I, I had a, quite a few shots actually out of it, but then switch back over to my melee when I ran out and just start whacking again at some of these <laughs> enemies to build that energy back up. So kind of a like Black Panther's ability in the movies, how, you know, they hit him yeah, and his yeah, vibranium yeah, yeah. absorbs it and then he can use it. So same, same idea. Is there a reason why the X or the reviews are so mixed? Like, are there things you're seeing in it where it's like, oh, okay, I could kind of see where these other people are coming from. There are two specific things, actually, that I wanted to bring up, and I brought them up in my review as things that didn't bug me. Like, and in one case, I actually thought it was hilarious compared to everybody else thinking it was cringy. Um, I'll start with that one. The main character is kind of chatty <laughs> like he's ma he makes lots of like just random comments and very uh, I, I some people could take it as annoying and he's super corny and he's uh, i put That's it as right he's, up your alley you're like i put it as he's a door I, I put it as he's a duke nukem kind of character like that I don't think he's that bad, but that's, the, <laughs> excuse me, Pleasure. that's the kind of character that he can come off as. Uh, I thought he was just this, he, it was more campy to me, <laughs> where it's like, oh, this, this is so bad, it's funny. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's right yeah, up your alley. I see why the, it didn't bother you. Yeah, the, the, there was actually, he, there are multiple times where, like, he uses, like, the dude curses like crazy, but for some reason, his catchphrase in this, like, he, and he yells it at one point as he drops down this uh, secret, uh, trying to think, uh, elevator. He goes, crispy critters. <laughs> I don't know why he says crispy critters, but it's hilarious to me. <laughs> like, once again, I'm the Up guy who alley. likes this. <laughs> Nobody else. Yeah, this is like the, the B-movie stuff that, like, I'm not necessarily huge on B-movies or whatnot, but, like, I, I found it campy where I enjoyed it. And I can understand other people not enjoying it. I thought the voice acting was on point uh, from him. The glove... It's an AI that talks with you. I thought that was actually really well voiced with the way that they treat it. And the main bad guy, at least the, the your boss, the, the, the everybody assumes at least is your bad guy, is uh, he, I thought he, I thought he was perfect. Like he, the, the guy is this doctor who's doing all these different things and he comes across as very mysterious in his tone. Like, I guess the easiest way to put it is his tone leads you to this. I really don't know what your intentions are. And, and that to me is a really well done villain character when you truly can't read them based on how they are coming across 
and I thought that was well written. So that that was kind of the first thing that I think people didn't enjoy as much, whereas I did with the character. The second thing is the second thing is the open world. And that is because the open world exists to me as a backdrop for what you were doing. It is not the main reason you were there. And I think I understood that more a like little a bit more world than an open world. It, it it's there. There's some stuff to do in it, but it's never the reason that you are playing this game. Like there are a couple of dungeons. There's some other things apparently that you can find if you take the time to explore. But it's more, okay, I can go off on this side and try to get this upgrade by going to the dungeon. And the dungeons are actually very good. Like I, I, I did a little bit of that and they're these really neat little fight a boss enemy and then have to solve some puzzles. I thought that was really good. Uh, the, the puzzles actually, another thing that I can just speak to, that their environmental puzzles are fantastic. Really, really enjoyed how they did all of that. But the open world... I could see it getting annoying, just the fact of it's it's not very realized. So you only have these specific areas that you can really go to. There's not like all these different buildings to explore, or pl other side quests to do. There are cameras in the, that are watching around for the robots so you can very quickly get attacked by a bunch of robots if you're not careful going around in the open world. However, once again, it's it, it there is no quest log or in the map there isn't a great map, but it's because whenever you finish it's just like a a linear story game. You imme they immediately just stick the, okay, this is your next objective. This is where you need to go right on your screen. There's no switching through different quests. You just go wherever you're going. Uh, if you decide you want to go to a dungeon, one of these dungeons, the testing labs, your next story objective is still sitting there on your screen as to where you are needing to go. So what what's kind of what's kind of interesting is they didn't necessarily need this open world doll. Like the, the game would have worked just fine without it. So I can see where people might be frustrated with that. But again, I think it's more of a backdrop for what you are doing as opposed to this is the reason I'm playing this game. So I, I once again, for me, I jumped in one of the cars. I drove to the next area a lot of the time and I continued to play the game. So I, I don't think it's a necessary the the thing is I finished the game and I didn't do a lot of that. So it's obviously not necessary to do unless you just want to do more with upgrading. So that's, that's at least where I fell on the open world is it, I thought it was a cool backdrop. It's really cool to see everything as, as a whole. And maybe it's something they decide to build more of if they make it to atomic heart too. All right. Is that all you got? For I think so. Beyond, uh, I guess the the last thing I'll say is the podcast. The, pla there you go. the platforming <laughs> is not good. The platforming is not good. Thankfully, there's not a lot of it, but the platforming is not very good. The climbing around it was it's very clunky, and I had one spot where I kid you not, I fell like ten times. 
And it was a story <laughs> progression, have to get to the next area platforming section. I'm like, oh, come on. <laughs> Did they have mantling? Uh, not really. It, it's, it's like I said, it's, it's straight up like a normal platforming. Like you see the outline edges of where you should be jumping to. And yeah. I mean, I would get myself all the way to the edge of one of these and turn like, and you'd have the arms sticking out. And like, I was just trying to find the right spot and I could not, I could not find the right spot to jump. That's, that's a yikes from me. <laughs> like, it, it, it's like, bro, I've watched you smack around all of these robots. There's no way your physical fitness is so bad. that Like, are you just winded? I mean, I get that we just fought a big robot, but... <laughs> those those little muscles to be able to make those kind of leaps you know yeah beyond that uh one of the an absolutely awesome soundtrack mm. i i before this podcast like and i've been the last couple of days i've been listening to uh arlequino which is harlequin is what it stands for and it has like the little carnival kind of sounding the do 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 like that uh i guess that's it's part of the song from russia and it's an old old song and uh they mashed that old audio track with the mainly the vocals into this like heavy metal i'll have to send it to you guys because it's i love this track but i've been kid you not like i was been writing about call of duty season two to get up on gaming trend for the last hour and i've had that on loop on youtube <laughs> i've been listening to this song constantly <laughs> and it's just the the whole the whole metal motif that they've got which they actually brought mick gordon in the the one who worked on doom he helped with the soundtrack uh but they've also got some cool techno kind of style beats as well as some old older music kind of like that song specifically that it's playing the older track as well as what they did to kind of mix things up. So that the soundtrack is it's, it's awesome. S tier for soundtrack. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Very good. Would you rate it? I gave it a 95 out of 100 because honestly, the only issues I had was a couple of technical bugs in the platforming and both of those showed up so rarely that how can I not, how can I not love it? And I mean, I played it on console. I played it where there should be more issues. PC, I can brute force my way through some things. Is that, is that your <laughs> philosophy on consoles? That's, that's, what, it, that's, that's what it feels like sometimes that's what it feels like sometimes is that I sh I'm able to brute force my way through more, most, a lot of issues sometimes. So the, the, some of it though, the performance really is incredible. The, the, We're spoken the fact that are on console versus <laughs> PC, if you want the opposite <laughs> the, analogy, I, I think yeah. it could go either way. <laughs> I guess it's just, it's such a clean 4k 60 on consoles. Like I, I'm just very impressed. And like I said, it's not just, it looks so good on console. And then it looks even better on PC. So the, yeah. the, they just, it's a really impressive debut for for any studio. I guess we'll see what it looks like on the one uh, consoles and the four. Yep. We'll see. It is on Game Pass, so you can give it a try whenever you get a chance, Anthony. Oh, I know, but I have a series. So. <laughs> yeah, it'll look good on that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not worried about that. I'm concerned for those who... 
are stuck with the ones right now or the fours. And yes, you are stuck with a four. I don't care how much you like a PlayStation. You're <laughs> stuck with it right now. Hey, I don't care how much you like an Xbox One. You're stuck with that too. Yeah, you're stuck with that too. Absolutely. <laughs> Same. <The> VCR. <laughs> <laughs> yep. The VCR and the airplane. Yep. Well, I have been playing more Hi-Fi Rush. Uh, I'm probably halfway through. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe almost halfway through. I've been playing Overwatch 2 Season 3 as well as that. So that's why I'm not further along. But when I first started playing it, I wasn't sure how much I would like the combat. It wasn't gelling with me as far as a pure action game. I felt the BPM aspect of it made it feel slower. Not clunky. Didn't make it feel bad. It just made it feel slower where I felt like it should have been a little bit more stuff going on now that i'm further in uh i could definitely say that no that's not even the case that game is full-on action there's a lot going on and there's a lot to micro i wouldn't say micromanage but multitask while you are fighting all the robots it's fun it's very fun the you get to a point where the BPM hitting everything on B almost becomes second nature. Um, you're focusing on it at first, trying to hit the beats, trying to get the stuff. But now I don't even have to think about it much. It's not often I will miss beats. I started anywhere between 60 to 70% of just timing. You can see how much uh, perfect hits you get at the end of each level. Now I'm hitting 80, 85 pretty consistently. So part of that is I'm not creating new combos most of the time. You could buy new combos to, to use. I feel like I don't have to buy new combos. The ones that I'm using are working. Some allow you to get a higher score. Yeah. I don't care about that. So <laughs> you're just I'm sticking just, with what works. <laughs> yeah. I'm sticking with what works. I'm enjoying the combat. So, I, yeah, it's, and, and I just, I have four combos right now. That's enough for my brain. So <laughs> most of the time I can use one or two, but if I'm feeling really fun, then I'll use one I haven't used in a while. But remembering all of the different combos seems a lot. I do wonder, I did have the thought, if I were to buy all the combos, could I just butt mash? And anything would work because there are so many different combos yeah. you can use. So I did have that thought. I was like, oh, maybe I should do that and just see what happens and just button mash everything on beat and just see what happens, what kind of random stuff I'll do. Because that's what it seems like what will happen after a while if you buy so many combos. But I prefer to use specific things for specific reasons. So I haven't invested a lot into combos. But it's definitely a possibility. At this point, I feel like since I'm almost halfway to the end, I feel like I should be kind of in a place where I the game is what it is and what I have played I should be able to comment more on. But they keep throwing new stuff at you. 
like I'm still at this point. I'm almost halfway there, and I'm still not figuring out, but they're throwing new stuff at me. So different mechanics I'll I'll have to adjust or amplify or something. And a lot of games I played in 2022, it felt like I've played this game for about seven hours. I've seen everything. Yep. I have not seen everything with this. And I've, you know, it's it's one of those where I, I keep playing. And I'm like, I might miss something if I don't keep playing this, which I wish every video game was like that. So instead of, you know, the first five hours, it's like, yeah, okay, I've I've experienced everything. So now it's either finishing the story or, you know, just saying I beat the game at this point. So this is not that. This is I need to play more because I might miss something. I for real might miss something like that's not story yet related, but could be mechanics and, and gameplay. So I'm really enjoying that. So I am looking forward to getting to the end of this. So uh, I am not bored with it at all. This is this has been fantastic so far. Much better uh, than the start. So uh, yeah, if if you've bounced off high fire, it, it it that's the thing. It's not even boring at the beginning. Like it just keeps getting better, which is not something I could say about a lot of games. It's not groundbreaking in any way. It is interesting with the whole BPM stuff. We've seen other games do it, and this does it well. So, but it's not groundbreaking in that way. It's just so interesting, and it keeps getting more interesting. So, this is this is going to be a game we should talk about at the end of the year. There's no question about it. I'm not going to suggest it's going to be a game of the year kind of game, but this this is a game that will we should be talking about this whole year this is a very good game definitely deserves recognition absolutely (laughs) say that before i finish it for sure (laughs) all right noah you have been playing a game called souls of chronos 2 not even the first the second i didn't even know this game existed don't know what it is so uh you're looking at the screen as if two wasn't there i I saw you right too (laughs) oh did i I think you did. It was uh, an accident, I believe. <laughs> uh, it very You're hoping well for a been. second already. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I can talk. I, maybe, maybe I'm. I don't see it too, but like I, oh. spoilers. I hope there isn't. I hope there. I hope there is. But I hope it is four times expanded upon. Than the first one. All right, yeah, I uh, misread it. I just yeah. saw it. I don't know where I got the two from. That's that's what happened. I, I mean, I would love it too because this this honestly felt like a prequel to a mainline JRPG. Um, because the way it's talked about and advertised, um, the way the whole story premise is set up, you know classic jrpg with action combat sweet we're gonna go on this big grand adventure we're gonna meet a whole unique cast of characters with their own personalities and quirks um none of that uh it the just just summarize the story because it's not very unique or nothing we've seen Uh, you have your main character who is sid who is a member of a gang 
for lack of better words, on an island. And yes, yeah, Anthony's like, oh, I've never heard this before. Uh, so he's on an island and he wants to dream of going to this capital that's far away from the island. He's got big dreams. He has a long lost brother that he is that left him earlier in his life and he wants to reunite with him. So classic reunite travel on a big journey storyline. Um, and that intro gets dumped on you in about the first five minutes of the game. Uh, a lot of exposition really quick. It is nice that they give you um, like lore entries for each character. So you can get a background about each character you meet. Um, but it does no doesn't do a good job of introducing the characters to us. It's just kind of like, hey, there's this character, and then it moves on. Um, your companion for this story is a Cronus, which is the only reason I think the title is Souls of Kronos, uh, is Tori. And they're kind of like companions for you. and But they're much better fighting power level wise and that's your main companion and it kind of works like um atreus with god of war where they help you in battle but they kind of do their own thing um Hmm. you can press a button and it does a specific um attack where you actually will swap places with tori and you will use her to attack and she has some pretty strong uh, abilities if you want to call them that Um, but yeah, that's, it starts off and you're like, okay, cool. Really unique. You know, the classic JRPG, um, setting let's go reunite with the brother. And then right after the, you know, 30 minute intro, it turns into a like gang rivalry, murder mystery storyline, um, out of nowhere. And that's where the center of it is. You never really leave this Island. Um, which is kind of a letdown for me. Um, it wasn't a bad storyline. It's nothing that, you know, doesn't do anything new. There are plot twists and plot holes, character twists that you've seen, a, you see coming really easily. Um, but yeah, it just, not bad, just unsatisfying. Um, cause it's visual novel style. The way you interact with characters, there's no voice acting. It's just, Dialogue, dialogue, dialogue. So if you hate reading, do not play this game. (laughs) Uh, Which leads me to, if you like action combat games, do not play this game. Uh, (laughs) It is about 60% visual novel dialogue reading with like fetch quests where you're just running around grabbing stuff for different people. The dungeon crawling action combat aspects of it felt just bland almost like the same level as a mobile game Hmm. because it's you had a couple different weapons um you had a gun it was kind of almost like a hack and slash is the best way like a top-down hack and slash the gun and the sword felt the exact same so you had a nail gun that was like one weapon. You can get more as you go along, but I didn't feel a need to. Um, they both felt the same and felt pretty bland. You can kind of just... I held W. 
I Unga Boonga held W the entire game, didn't have any issues. So it wasn't, <laughs> there's no complexity in the combat. The same, there were a couple of enemies that I did appreciate that could stun lock you and, you know, take you from full health to zero, which I did appreciate. But when there's eight different enemies and two of them do that and you know which two to avoid, it's kind of easy. Um, the skill tree, there's not really, there's a little bit of an upgrade with Tori, who has her own special skills. She's got two different combat styles, which at you know, first glance, I was like, okay, cool. She has one that is a much more attack oriented, which I preferred, um, you know, the whole W kind of thing. Um, and then you could also change her combat style to be more supportive, where she would actually um, heal Sid, who you mainly play as well, which I at first liked um, because I was like, okay, cool. I can swap back. Players can choose their own style, you know, equip whichever one they need in whichever situation. But then like a third of the way into the game, which is not a very long game, <laughs> I got a accessory, you know, JRPG standard accessories that allowed me to lifesteal. So the support combat style was useless at that point because I can just life steal and kill still. <laughs> um, so I just from then on used the um, very heavy crit oriented combat style. Um, but yeah, dungeons, it's just very straightforward, very linear, just one path. Felt just unsatisfying because I think the the standard for RPGs now, especially like indie themed, you know, ones where they're not these big $60 Tales of Arise, but just like your regular 20 to 30, which I think this one's $20. I think just the, the bar has been set so high. It just doesn't compete. Uh, in my opinion. But yeah, it just, and I don't want to even talk about the ending because spoiler free, the game just kind of ends. Uh, I was checking the trophies because you have these different dialogue options that kind of like Mass Effect, where you have one that's like the the hot-headed remark or the cool-headed, you know, and the game tells you, hey, if you level these up with these certain responses, it impacts the ending of the game. Um, I don't know if there's like a post-game. I haven't explored enough or went back uh, to see if I need to do something to different to get those different endings because there are trophies for different endings. Hmm. Um, but you get to the main ending of the game and it tells you, hey, you're about to get to the ending. Make, depending on the choices you make, make separate save files. And you're like, okay, cool. This is where, you know, um, it gave me two options. One, you don't fight an end boss. The second, you do fight an end boss. And then the game just... Credits, thanks for playing both times. I didn't get any ending trophies at all. Hmm. I'm I'm probably doing something wrong, <laughs> but I don't know what I need to do to trigger the three different other endings uh, to get the trophies. Because Time to hit the walkthrough, bro. Something like it literally gives me the credits. Hey, thanks for playing. And I was like, that's 12 hours. That's <laughs> uh, there has to be more. <laughs> like, so it there's just it does 
a lot of things okay, like passable. Uh, character design, the world design's great. I was say, it looks really pretty. Very pretty. Good character design. It's just when, you know, it's hard to get attached to a lot of characters when there's no voice acting. Like, just some. Give me some. It makes it, it just much more immersive. Um, yeah, I just, okay is the way I felt playing the game. I just wish... That's why I hope for a sequel, because if they can take this basis and like actually have our main character go to the capital to reunite with his brother, which has been, you know, from the first five minutes, that's what you're telling me he wants to do. <laughs> and he never even does. <laughs> so if they get a sequel, I think there's a lot of potential. Uh, I feel like it could be really good. But this one is this ain't it, Chief. How'd you find Not- it? I saw a trailer for um, upcoming like indies and I I do love me because it advertises like classic JRPG with action combat. And I saw the trailer. I was like, okay, cool. I saw that trailer and instantly knew that was not classic or I was like, oh God, no, that's with like the, the different, like I was thinking party system because the main screen it shows a bunch of different like unique characters. I was like, oh, we're about to get the band back together, you know, get the party. We're going to go to the Capitol. Uh, and I, I was like, the little chibi art style that you do with the dungeons, I could get behind because I was like, maybe there's dungeon crawling and stuff. But no, it's just yeah. different floors. Um, there's only three chapters to the game. It's not a very long game. And I was hoping. Hours. Yep, 12 hours. That's about what I did. Um, I was like, maybe each dungeon that you go through will change up the style, you know, some kind of mechanic. But it was copy and paste for the most part. Um, it sounds like I'm ragging on it a lot. It's not meant to be negative. It's just I, I see potential. And there's just a lot that I need to touch up. If they move forward. Man, it is what it is. If it's bad, it's bad. It just... For, just for Souls of Kronos, the, it's in the title. Um, you meet Tori, who's your partner, your companion. She's a Kronos. Um, you don't meet any others until the end of the game. Mm. So, yeah, that's, uh, like I said, it's like they. I'm playing the prequel to the main souls of <laughs> so to me when it comes to the dialogue stuff that you talk about i have i mean i've been playing jrpgs for since i was before 10 and i feel like there are plenty of times i have connected with characters without tech or you know voice acting so i wonder if it's more of the way they the the way they they've written these characters the 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 types of dialogue that they have the do they invite you in to really get to know these characters and get a connection with them because i feel like the games that don't have voice acting do that very well yeah and i i totally understand uh you can connect without but for me if i just give me like one or two lines that way when i am reading the dialogue i can put a voice with 
that dialogue. And for me, it makes a much deeper connection with the character. Um, but yeah, it's still, I don't, it wouldn't have saved them by any means. Um, they just, you didn't have enough time. Like I said, this is a 12 hour game with that being your dungeon crawler and, you know, the action combat. So there's, it's not like, it's mostly like, Hey, go fetch me this. I need this. And you're running or, you know, back and forth, back and forth. Um, the writing isn't the worst. Um, in my opinion, I did, it was a pretty sure it's a visual or a technical glitch. I did have a couple of times where it wasn't, more, it was more than a couple, the same dialogue box, the text would play like replay after I've already talked to them. They would oh, say the same thing. Other games before. Yeah. Yeah. So they, the main two characters were actually pretty likable and you could kind of get behind them, but you spent the most time with them. These other characters, you only see them a handful of scenes at a time. Uh, and so. And they don't make I a big enough splash for you to be like, oh, hey, yeah. No, nah, yeah, back. yeah. Nothing like they're, you know, big, important scenes happen. And it's just like, I wish I could feel for you, <laughs> but but I, I can't. So, but like I said, there is potential, you know, they can expand and actually put Sid, the main character on his, you know, the adventure that they told me at the start of the game he wanted to go on. If they can do that, give me a party. Let me grow with these characters. Um, I think you could do something pretty great, but hopefully the sequel gets that. <laughs> it, it It is a $20 game. Um, so for $20, I think it's a fun weekend play, you know, but that's about it. About One of those you get what you pay for kind of games. <laughs> Sounds like. Yeah. And I think if you know going into it that it's not going to, you know, blow you out of the water or anything like that, I think you could probably enjoy it a lot more. Um, I, I was setting really high expectations after the first five minutes. I was like, sweet, big adventure. We stayed in one town. You know, <laughs> so. yeah, uh, I feel like if you're going into it, not expecting it to blow your socks off, go, go play something else. <laughs> Maybe not blow your socks off, but yeah, very you know, true. If it's not going to be acceptable, <laughs> you might as well just go play something else. But this yeah. doesn't sound like unacceptable. Yeah, it's so. not. It's not bad. It's just unsatisfying. Like, That's fair. Or, it doesn't reach its potential that I feel it could. And that makes it, it almost is more painful than when you're playing a bad game, you know, cause you're like, this has so much mm. good that it could be, but there's just some play testing and more, I don't know what the resource allocation or, you know, how big of a studio it was that made this. Um, there's Astro labs or something like that, which I've heard of them before. Yeah. Like I'm, I see the potential and I want them to exceed that. So. Well, no, spent 12 hours with that. David, yep. you spent <laughs> one hour with your PSVR two so far, which only tells me you have been busy because you've <laughs> been uh, eagerly anticipating the moment. You not only uh, uh, saw that it was shipping, but that you got it. 
and then you got it and then you only got an hour with it so <laughs> i know you're itching for more but what has your first experience been like so one of the first things you notice is uh there's not a lot in the box <laughs> at least compared to the psvr1 because when you open the psvr1 you pulled out like 15 cables a breakaway box you know all these other different random things you had to go find your move controller charger and all that kind of stuff and your set up your camera and whatnot now you open this thing up the headset's there with a long cable and your controllers and that's it beyond the controller charge cable that's that's literally it uh here's something that i have to say right off the bat for anybody who is not buying this because oh it's wired i can't I, I, I can't do anything that's not wireless. It's not a problem. One, it's one wire. It's not a very heavy wire. It's actually a very good length of wire. Uh, it did not get in my way at all in my play space with the way that How they've got it set up. wireless headsets exist? I mean, pretty much the Oculus at this point. So that's what kind of, like, that's what kind of blows me away is the whole thought of, like, even if you do run that wireless from your PC, you're not getting the best experience in VR. Like it's guaranteed that you're not getting the best experience in VR because it's not as stable. But it's so much, it, as soon as you plug that thing in, it runs you through all your different setup things and whatnot, getting everything ready to go. One of the, the things that it actually does really well is it does the pass through that the Oculus or the Meta Quest does, where you can actually, when you put the headset on, you can see the outside, your outside surroundings. And it actually, one of the coolest things it does is it actually scans your room and scans what is obstacles and what is free space and kind of creates a space for you based on what you have looked at. So the, the, the camera actually does, and the setup does a lot of the work for you, although you can actually adjust your play space after the fact. And then you can even designate it of, this is a space I'm going to be playing in a lot, or you can add it as a temporary space. So I, I believe it actually will save it on the PlayStation that this is where you're playing, so we're going to keep this this space kind of set up for you. Um. That's obviously the the more boring part, <laughs> but it's cool to see how the PlayStation VR is, has come this far just because as someone who had to move the PSVR 1 out of the way <laughs> in order to play this, it's such a big difference because I plugged one cable in. I was done. Like I, I had to sync up the new controllers. That's it. Um, the controllers themselves actually are awesome. They feel very simple. They remind me a lot of the Oculus, the Meta Quest controllers. If anybody's held any of those, they're pretty standard VR controllers. The only difference with these is the ring that is around the top instead of like with Oculus, it's up at the top. Uh, these actually are around your kind of towards your wrists more when you're holding them. So you're at your hands pass through them. Um, very comfortable to hold buttons are very intuitive as to where they are and of course the coolest thing is that they've made these with some of the ideas from the dual sense so they have adaptive triggers 
and they have haptic feedback so that you really get that that great feel uh thank god we're not using move controllers anymore those stupid ice cream cones i'm glad they are dead <laughs> like they did what they needed to do but they really should not have continued forward with playstation vr uh it just did not it it created an extra problem because the camera was having to track it the camera was having to track you all the tracking ended up just being a nightmare because you turn around and your camera misses the lights that are on the outside of the VR or the or the lights on the controllers and you're just done. These full range of motion, you're you're captured no matter what because the system itself is tracking every all the different movements you're making. Uh, down to the point of uh, I only like I said played an hour. I got to play Horizon Call of the Mountain. It's down to it actually could sense how I was holding my hands on the controller. So holding the controllers in my palm, if I had my hands clutched like this, that was how they were clutched in, in the game. But if I would, if I would take all my fingers off, it would open my palms completely. And that's not with pressing buttons. Like I was not actually pressing down on the triggers or anything, but I could actually tell when I'd put my finger on the trigger, it would clasp everything. And then when I'd take it off, it would so the, the hand tracking is actually really good on it as well. Uh, what's kind of crazy, and I can't speak for every game since a lot of these are ports from the PlayStation VR 1, is with Horizon, everything you see inside that is so pretty. Like, VR has not been something that anybody's gone into and been like, oh my goodness, the the attention to detail in this beyond maybe Half-Life Alex, And it's because VR is very system intensive. Like, you, you, your computer's putting in a lot of work to render everything, so most things are not going to look as good because it's having to put in all that, that work. That is not an issue with PlayStation VR 2. The, the, the character models were almost as good as the character models in Horizon Forbidden West. And that might be one of the best-looking games for next-gen that's out there. The environments are just astounding, the level of detail. One of the coolest things, and... I guess I can kind of lead into eye tracking. I hate, I'm going to end up all over the place with this, but when you look away, like, like let's say that there is like a barrel over here on the right and there's a, a barrel on my left. If I look at the barrel on the right, because of the technology they put into place, the barrel on my left will actually defocus. So all of the attention that I'm placing on that, is, is where they're putting the tech to actually make sure that's the high-resolution object. Now, the way that they're doing that is they're eye-tracking inside that headset. One of the craziest things I have ever done, and this is, again, silly thing to be... to It's, it's kind of like looting in Atomic Heart. Like, this should not be so exciting, but it's exciting. I navigated a menu with my eyes. 
like literally i once again i know it's silly it's hilarious but when you when Guys. you like look <laughs> the next gen just on stuff with my eyes <laughs> Can't which, which i haven't they haven't there's no like there, funny enough, there wasn't any clicking on things, but <laughs> the fact <laughs> that though, like you the fact that though, it. like that you can look at like the little bars, obviously of like options, start all that, but you straight up just look at it and like you actually see like your eyes as it scrolls across everything, like the the just the the cursor essentially, like that's just something you don't think about. <laughs> And and when you hear about it, it you're like, okay, I'm sure, I, I'm sure that I'm sure that's possible. Whatever they're talking about, but you don't think it'll work so seamlessly is really, I guess, main, the main thing. You think of eye tracking, and you don't think that there's no way that's seamless. No, it's that seamless <laughs> with how it works. So it's, it's silly. When I but blinked, it's cool. <laughs> I could choose the graphics option. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure it'll eventually get to that. Apparently there is a and I it might be the new Dark Pictures game, the the I don't know if that's what it's actually called. If it's still Dark Pictures is what they call it. Yeah, Dark or if Pictures it's, Anthology or something like that. But they did the previous game on on the PlayStation VR. But I think this one is more creepy in that they use the eye tracking to if you blink stuff comes closer to you <laughs> like i'm like oh, bro i'm gonna be like this like the whole time he's a clockwork horn himself bro like, <laughs> exactly i mean like like get the, get the like, eye drops ready before you play yeah. it well i am super glad that uh, richard allen here has a playstation vr2 because he's like our resident horror person when it comes to games really and it's like bro these are all you <laughs> because i'm not touching anything i am not a horror person at all <laughs> i'm not touching it in vr <laughs> they should make but, a uh, half-life head crab simulator yeah exactly blink, i mean that's alex <laughs> <laughs> but the we're horror <laughs> yeah exactly but the the coolest thing is just everything is so crisp and clear. The PlayStation VR two, there's no screen door effect. I don't know if if either of you've really done a lot of VR, but there's that 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 those lines that appear when it's just it, that you just get when you're using v, a VR that's not as powerful. It just you can't help it with the way that everything's designed. This is really crystal clear everything you're seeing it's like man i'm i'm here the of course horizon the, the coolest thing was there's robot dinosaurs running around me and like i'm getting to look at them like i'm here and of course they do right off the bat you get the tall neck walking through the forest and get the scale of looking up as this thing like just towers over um one of the things that made it even more immersive was the the haptics, of course, are triggering because it's rumbling as this thing walks past, but they've also got haptics on the headset itself. So you kind of felt a little bit of it on your face. <laughs> so Feel it's almost like you melting. felt it is. It, well, what was funny Feel was the apparently future. the <laughs> the <laughs> kayak 
the the kayaking game that they've got. It's more of this chill experience. Apparently, if you you can bump your head on things <laughs> and you feel that feedback through the headset. <laughs> So they like just, hit you in the face. Yeah, it, like, like yeah, you got to duck or else you know. <laughs> so it's just it's it's these little things of yeah that 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 isn't like this super mind blowing thing or whatnot, but they're finding these ways to add to immersion that are just cool ways to do it. That that uh, especially you, you that you don't have that, happening other places. Yeah, when you talk about. Like, I'm not VR, I don't care, but when you talk about that tall neck walking by and then you could look up and it's like, oh, that that actually sounds really cool. <laughs> it, it's something to watch. It, it really is. Um, and the once you get past, of course, a lot of these things, you, you get to the point where you pick up a bow and you start using it. And, of course, you feel the, the tension in the arrow as you pull back because of the haptic feedback and everything felt really good with the controllers. Like every time I would reach back, pull out another arrow and stuff, it just, it felt natural. And and that's what you want. You don't want a a lot of previous VR. It feel, it felt very unnatural or it felt like, Oh, I I just mimic this motion. It'll work. Like the Wiimote, you know, you, you could bowl really, really hard. Just, you get that flick down. (laughs) That this isn't there as as much as it is in those you, you're needing those more natural movements. And the thing is, you couldn't do that with the move because putting the thing behind your back, <laughs> your, your camera to, yeah. couldn't track it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so so that just was not possible. And it's nice to see. Whereas the PlayStation VR one was this amalgamation of ideas of we want to do this, but we have to work with what we have. It's nice to see PlayStation VR two be more this. Okay. We know what worked. We know what didn't let's take that and let's build this into something even better. And it's nice to see the steps that they've taken. Sure. Would a completely wireless experience be fantastic. Yes. But we're not to that point, especially with wireless technology, to give players the full best experience that they can have. And this headset, for the price that you're able to do everything at, uh, our editor-in-chief, Ron Burke, he did our review for it. He loves it. He thinks that it's the best VR headset just about you can buy. He he said that he has $1,300 headset, PSV, uh, a $1,300 VR headset, and this thing outdoes it in his opinion. Like, I, I don't know that it necessarily outdoes it by a lot, but here's the thing that headset costs more than a PlayStation five and a VR headset. And he's having to use that V the $1,300 headset with a PC that is very expensive <laughs> to get the most out of it. As expensive as PlayStation VR two is at five fifty, and a PlayStation at 500, it is still much cheaper overall than try for a something that is top of the line than going out and trying to find something cheaper yes you can get an oculus meta quest for 400 bucks it's not going to give you the same kind of experience that playstation vr2 does and you know the 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 only thing that playstation vr2 really has to do is they've just got to keep 
knocking out the park these experiences. We got to start seeing some re- these horizons be regular. Uh, the, these kind of games need to be coming through every year, which they have bought some studios. So I think that'll help them. But I mean, especially adding on experiences like Insomniac, they've built VR games. Let them do something with Spider-Man too, man. <laughs> let, let me, let me swing through the streets that, that there've already been some Spider-Man experiences you can do in PlayStation VR one that weren't developed by a main developer. Let's let, insomniac let's stick a team on that <laughs> we that's that's really in my opinion that's all this thing needs you get some more big games to it and and it's gonna fl- fly off the shelves because as soon as people try it they're going to want it uh, that that's vr in general you, uh, unless you try it you don't want to spend money on it uh it, it you can't give me enough game trailers or talk to me word of mouth as much about like why I should have this. I've got to try VR is a show me <laughs> item. So, but it, it's honestly, I mean, just an hour in I'm, I'm blown away with just how it's, it's not reinventing how you play VR, but it's doing it better than any other VR does it. Well, I think something that's very important that I haven't heard anybody talk about is the fact that, you know, at, at least this thing looks much better than the PlayStation 5. <laughs> it's very important. It's and also heavy. something I didn't say, it's very light. Not not heavy on your head at all. Like it's it's very Maybe comfortable to wear. Because it's white, but it looks light. Yeah, it's like it's I don't know why it's I very easy. That, but yeah. Yeah, they, and they they keep addre- they kept addressing. I keep saying they keep addressing things that didn't work as well with the one, but like they have the an accordion design for the rubber that surrounds your face, so that way, depending on the size of your face, it pushes more in and blocks out more light. So other VR headsets where I've put it on and still been able to you know see underneath did not have that happen when I put on the PSVR one, and it fits my glasses perfectly, so I don't even have to. S- switch those out unless I want to. You have a face fit for PlayStation. Yep. But there we go. Yeah, right. it's it's PS, great. PSVR 2. All right. News. What we got? News. News. We will try to go through this quickly since it is late and we have been talking for a while, but we've been talking about good gaming stuff, so so the one time you will hear us, at least on this podcast, talk about Hogwarts Legacy is that it's made a bunch of money. <laughs> they have reported a bunch of copies. <laughs> they have reported a that lot. they have earned eight hundred and fifty million dollars in global sales, and they moved more than twelve million units in its first two weeks. That is. I want to say it's dumbfounding, but I'm not surprised because the IP is so big and people have wanted it. It's kind of like how everybody's like, I want a Pokemon RP. I want a like a Pokemon like open world RPG. <laughs> this is uh, people with Harry Potter. I want an open world RPG. They finally got one. Of course, everybody's buying the heck out of it. And it's good. Like, Yes, it's it's a good game. It is it is meeting everybody 
Ron Burke reviewed it for us. He, he, he's a huge Harry Potter fan and he loves it. He, he thought it, it, he said one of the things he told me, he's like, I'm giggling every time I do something new in this game because it hits all of those things for him. And it's, it's ridiculous. It actually set a Twitch record for single player games with 1.28 million people watching it. There are a lot of reasons for that, but yes. Yeah. You had all those people <laughs> watch. They had all those people watching on Twitch. It had almost nine hundred thousand people playing concurrently on Steam. Like it's it, the thing broke records, and it's all you got to do is you got to get the right company behind it and the right IP. <laughs> like that. That's really what it boils down to. And you're gonna like that it's again it's it's that ip that ip is such a big ip and you haven't it's kind of like how spider-man sold so ridiculously only on playstation 4 and set records why because people wanted a new spider-man game for a very long time and it was a really good spider-man game this is what happened with harry potter and what's even more impressive they did it without last gen they did it without the switch like this is only on PS5 and on Xbox Series consoles and on PC, and that's it. Like as impressive as Elden Ring is, and I do not take away anything in saying this. Like twelve million in two weeks. Elden I, Ring at least had the benefit of a hundred and fifty million console base install base that they at least could could get extra mm -hmm. from this didn't have that yeah and i think on top of that a lot of you know it kind of gets boiled down to people if you make a good single player a dedicated single player game with no microtransactions involved or no advertising macro you know just a single player experience and it's good people will buy it and flock yep. to it yeah it's, uh it's you know we talked about it earlier you know this is you know it's just going to continue to sell well you know yep. like cyberpunk had big numbers but it dropped off once you know word of mouth got around um Word of mouth is getting around about this game, and it's just going to continue to sell well. So I'm curious to see where, like, the end of your numbers for it actually end up being. It's going to be stupid pretty, because pretty last impressive. gen is going to hit this year. It's going to sell buttload on Switch. <laughs> well, so for some perspective, Elden Ring sold about 13 million in the first month. Smash Brothers Ultimate sold about five million in the first two weeks. However, it it's still a far cry off of what Pokemon Scarlet and Violet did, which was ten million in three days. So, <laughs> not not much is Nintendo. Like Nintendo yeah. numbers are in their own category. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's not to take anything away from that. Twelve oh, million yeah. in two weeks is still bonkers. Yeah. Um, but crazy numbers yeah that's yeah, the the only thing that's really that there are two games that are close uh fallout 4 had and i 
this blows my mind. Fallout 4 sold 12 million copies in the first day. The first 24 hours. I'm days? not kidding. That yeah, Fallout 4 12 million copies <laughs> in the first day. Uh and then Cyberpunk had 13 million yeah. after 10 days. I, I remember that launch. That launch them. was nuts. That that launch was nuts, right, Noah? Yeah. <laughs> That's an understatement. Because <laughs> Fallout fans are dedicated. <laughs> yeah, they were carnivorous. Oh we were throwing like slim gems out to distract day. them while we could hand the games out to people. It was <sighs> Jeez. Okay. I thought ten million in three days was an anomaly. Fourteen million in <laughs> What, or 12 million in one that's nuts yep and cyberpunk actually still has the i think it has the single player and i say only single player uh that elden ring doesn't count in this but i think it has the single player steam record of over a, it's over a million uh concurrent i think that's right yeah because i remember yeah. it was chart topping approaching csgo numbers for a while <laughs> yep all right yeah it's 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 incredible that just that kind of a number in a in an age where subscription services are becoming such a big thing that yeah. those kind of numbers <laughs> that, that you yeah, get but it's not on a subscription service i think yeah. if it were on game pass and it got oh that, yeah then, it would then, it would then we can make that statement but even the people though that have been conditioned to wait for something to be on a a subscription service, this game was big enough to, and I'm not saying for everybody, but people are like, oh, I, I got to get this no matter what. I, I, I'm not waiting. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's the Harry Potter audience, though. I feel yeah. like there are, I feel like. When I get that, because I'm sure it's way more on PlayStation. Sure. But I feel like there are a lot of people who don't play either a lot of video games or they just don't play that much at all. And they saw a Harry Potter game, one that was getting a lot of publicity and word of mouth was saying, yeah, this ish is good. So they got it. Yeah. I don't know if they're enjoying it, but they got it. And, you know, we see where we go from there, but I imagine that was a, a good chunk of that audience. Like that, that just doesn't, you're not going to see them playing street fighter six. Or yeah. even Fallout, you know, something uh, more like more casual players ish. Yeah, casual ish. Yeah. Which an interesting thing, and I I don't remember where I read it or what specifically, but apparently in Europe it actually broke some of Elden Ring's numbers in terms of sales, which makes complete sense in like UK and such because Harry Potter's humongous <laughs> over there and. He's got a British accent in the movies, yep. doesn't he? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's where it all like, takes yeah. place. So, <laughs> yeah. But the like PlayStation also one of the things that was brought up uh, when I was talking with some friends is PlayStation. They have some really stupid numbers of this is how many PlayStations we want to sell over this quarter, and we're like, nah, you're not even getting anywhere close to that. And suddenly, PlayStation started shipping a bunch of consoles to Europe. And everybody was like, "Hold up, why the we they dominate over there? Yeah, but how's that going to help? 
Hogwarts Legacy, baby. <laughs> because that thing, I guarantee you, has been a system seller for PlayStation oh, yeah. over there. Because you can't buy it for anything else. Yep. <laughs> so, Absolutely. yeah, it's 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 just... No, I've always been a big fan of looking at sales numbers and stuff like that. So seeing these correlations and seeing businesses play very smart. I don't know why PlayStation's a market leader because they know exactly where to maneuver their consoles and yeah. when to do certain things. It's like, yeah, they just broke records in the U.S. for PlayStation sales and all that kind of stuff. Also they knew exactly like when to deviate. <laughs> yeah, that well, also remember that's their business strategy. Like they have yep. to sell consoles. Like Xbox not oh yeah as we're Nintendo Nintendo's along with that too. They yeah. have to sell consoles. Uh but it, it's nice when you see IPs. It's nice when you see companies that are playing smart though. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, yeah that's super like, smart. It's like <laughs> instead of like, oh, where do we send consoles this quarter? <laughs> I I, yeah. I we just sure launched they don't we have just that launched, problem. We just launched Final Fantasy. Let's send a bunch of consoles to Brazil. It might be great in Brazil, but good lord, send it to Japan. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it I'm, is I'm, bigger I'm pretty, there. <laughs> pretty sure they don't they don't have that problem. Exactly. I think, I think just seeing it like that, it's like, oh snaps, like this is how yep. they operate. Absolutely. Yep. It's they, it, they see it, the system sellers, put them out there. But specifically, as you mentioned, sending them making sure they got to europe and the uk like is it how many do we send to the 10 send 10 to the u.s and send 10 <laughs> all, of the rest. <laughs> all of the rest <laughs> <laughs> so how many can you make <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah so that's the craziest thing is just thinking man it's not just that that game sold this many units it's how many consoles yeah did this game sell not just oh, yeah. PlayStations, Xboxes too, because it sold on both. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's it's fascinating. <laughs> it, it, it definitely sold for both consoles, but uh, definitely PlayStation, because uh, according well, to Microsoft's uh, little um, PowerPoint chart or whatever, they have an eighty percent market share. <laughs> Sony does in the Europe and in Europe. I love how UK, Nintendo's so. not on it at all. Like <laughs> it's just like no, Nintendo zero, doesn't exist. Zero market share. But, uh, Nintendo has know. zero market share in every area. It's a it's a it's a niche. It's a niche. <laughs> it's a niche. <laughs> Multi billion dollar company. They're they're, they're niche. <laughs> yep. Well, somewhere Sony did have the market share was today in the market share of the mind because PlayStation dropped their state of play today. And uh, we're going to talk about this stuff, but I'll say it this way. This is the definition of this could have been an email of the state of play. <laughs> like, And I a don't mean letter. that in the meanest way. As someone who has been like, I'm tired of seeing PlayStation blog posts for things I want to see. This, this could have been a blog. This should have, this should have been <laughs> like, an email. It could have been a blog post. Like I, I don't mean it. In a, this this feels like it was like all of our partners are hounding us on showing things off, and is like crap. I guess we might as well just put this together as one big show and knock that out all at once. This should have been a Twitter thread. Like yeah, just thread like, all the videos. And and he, that's not detriment of the items on the list because there are some good things. It's just. There was enough things of just, oh, okay, that exists. Mm -hmm. And 
I was hoping, especially when you're going for 45 minutes, that you might have something bigger than Suicide Squad because there's nothing in here that's bigger in terms of the the market share of the mine than Suicide Squad. Well, that's why they gave it 15 minutes. Yeah. And Suicide Squad did get a extended gameplay trailer, which we'll start on that. Uh, I mean, I got to see a little bit of it. I was a bit busy in the middle of some work. I, I think I know what Suicide Squad is from this. I, I have, I feel the same way about Suicide Squad as I do about Redfall, in the sense of it feels like these trailers are getting cut like the heck out of them. Of let's just show these ten second clips of things happening, then let's move to somebody talking, then let's move back to the ten second, fifteen second clip, then let's move back again, and it just it, I feel like. We're not getting full ideas of what the game is, and it's these TikToks. We're getting TikToks to get us interested. A bunch of TikToks in a row. Like, when I hear 15 minutes of gameplay, I don't think I'm going to get two seven-minute videos, both of which are as cut as you could possibly make something. I'm thinking that, I always go back to it, that the Division, the first Division gameplay trailer we ever saw Easy as it was with those cheesy people it. chatting together i knew what the division was after that hey day i you know <laughs> yeah exactly yeah the people talking on drop in drop out all yeah. that stuff. like at least i knew what it was though i still like I, I i have a bare bones grasp of what suicide squad is like i apparently there's somewhat of an open world and stuff i have no idea what that looks like I just know what specific parts of that level look like for 10 seconds. I, I, I don't know how any of these characters specifically feel because I've not seen them in motion longer than 10 to 15 seconds to be able to gauge how it's going to feel. Like, I can pick up enough in just, okay, this is how Gotham Knights plays, this is how Arkham Knight played, and and guess. I can at least make educated guesses. I don't think you can let people, I don't think if you want to sell a game, you need to let people make educated guesses about your game. That That's just my opinion. You can't just make people like... Letting us suis- assume. Letting us assume, yeah. A great business yeah. strategy. N- not to mention, it, suicide, you can do that with something that's a humongous, like Spider-Man 2, you can jump cut the crap out of that thing. And people go by, why? Because the first Spider-Man game was amazing, and Miles Morales was amazing. This is the first Suicide Squad game. We have no idea exactly what it is beyond a guess. And it's not a big enough property like Spider-Man that it will just sell based on the name. Mm -hmm. That's my opinion, at least, but Suicide Squad is not this national brand that everybody's like, oh, let's buy! Like, like you talk about, like, what, you know... I, I'd be okay with um, like a super highly edited, you know, gameplay. If that was like your gameplay reveal, like a three minute game, but this was supposed to be an extended look. Like, you know, what is kind of a lot of action movies shifted to? They're no longer this, like the good ones, I should say. They're not these like chopped up edited, you know, you don't really know or see what's going on or see them fighting. It's it's these long choreographed single cut scenes, and I think that's what we really needed. 
especially if yeah. you're going to do co-op, like the full gameplay is what I would have loved to see. I still enjoyed it. I still think it'll be, you know, pretty good, but I, I want unedited, like full, you know, because, you know, like you said, we didn't get to really see their abilities and see how they're unique from each other. You know, we just got them shooting guns in the air. <laughs> we, for a we got a lot of exposition on why yeah. <laughs> they're different, but I want to see it. I want to. Mm-hmm. I want to see it. Yeah, I want to be sold. I put in the Discord while it was going on. I was like, I'm always wary of these trailers that do these cuts everywhere. These hard cuts. You're you're either and trying too hard or you're hiding something. <laughs> like, and, and that's, that's what I'm exactly of. what I'm thinking. I'm <laughs> like, you're hiding something. And I I do get part of the cuts where they were cutting to what was happening with other co-op players but it still wasn't it still wasn't telling me this is how this works this is what this looks like it was oh we're having a dead moment with harley quinn let's cut to the the shark guy and oh we're oh oh, yeah he's done shooting that thing okay this person's doing that action we don't want to bore it's like well this is this is what i saw in you know with you with forspoken it was the exact problem Every trailer, every single one of them, all the action stuff only cut, cut, cut action in the middle of a fight. They'll cut to a different like moment within the yeah, same, same fight in that trailer yeah, or in some of those trailers. And at least they released just a flat gameplay trailer, though. Like we haven't even got that out of Suicide Squad. <laughs> I know, but that was much later. Right. So yeah. and it didn't look great. So it, it kind of founded some of the fears. <laughs> right. So with this, I, mean, I think this will be better than Forspoken, but I, I don't think there's going to be, um, I want to say there's not enough meat. I, I, I don't think the systems will be as compelling as they're going to make it sound like it will be. That huh. that's You got to save something for the battle pass. <laughs> Well, I don't even think it's a. Yeah, I don't think. I don't and think future content. I don't know if it's a, that issue more than just. I don't know if the mechanics are going to be that compelling, and yep. so they're hiding that. Which you know, I, I I have high hopes because I I really want to enjoy, uh, this game, and I I think for the most part it'll be fine and stuff i like the studio i like the the what the little that we've seen you know if they're not hiding the bad <laughs> i'm trying to be optimistic if they're not hiding the bad i think it'll be fun and it'll be a fun experience um you know what what are they hiding i want to know you know this is live service right battle pass adding on content i need the if, if the combat is fun and enjoyable I need to know, which I haven't seen anything, any info on. What is my reason to keep playing? You, you want me this to be a live service game? What is my end game? You know, am I going to get max level and then just never touch it again? Like I, I need to know more about the continuation and the end game. Yep. Well, right. I, I think about Borderlands Three when they announced that. That was a big deal. You knew it was a Borderlands game. You knew it was going to be that. But this was the first modern Borderlands. It had been so long 
between Borderlands 2 and 3. So it was like when they finally showed everything, it was like, oh, okay, I, I get a sense of what this will look like. For Rocksteady, we, like you said, David, can make assumptions based on Arkham Knight and all the Arkham games in general. But this is the first game that's not Batman. We're shooting. We're doing this. So we saw some of that. But what is Rocksteady's um, spin on this kind of game? Because we know what a Rocksteady brawler looks like. We don't know what a Rocksteady third-person shooter-ish thing <laughs> looks like. And to not to come away with we see shooting, we see flying, there's daylight and night cycles, cool. Um, what are we doing? Cutscenes look yeah. great. What? Okay. There, so there's action. Tell me something I wasn't prepared for. <laughs> like, of course, there's going to be action. How does this all come together? They're not telling a story here. They're not giving us anything that, to work with so i don't i could see people being excited on the idea of being sold like oh like this is you this could be you look at you shooting everything you know action everywhere but obviously when you come down to it there's going to be those down moments there's going to be moments where you have to be in the menus choosing things trying to figure out your gadgets guns whatever is there going to be loot what's what's i don't know yeah oh there's loot did what you see the pic? Did you see the pictures? Uh, all the numbered gear. I did not. That part. Oh, of Oh yes. We, we okay, need so an extended, loot. extended gameplay. Like, <laughs> look into this game. <laughs> like, so yeah. okay, minus the loot part, we know that's there. But what does this look like? Yeah. So just, yeah, it it just felt like we got a lot of exposition, and that that was a lot of it. It was a highlight reel. We did. We didn't need. We didn't need much. We didn't need more exposition. We needed just. Give me, uh, give me five minutes of gameplay and ten minute and a ten minute trailer of just the exposition part. You can do all your exposition. Just give me five minutes of uncut. This is Suicide Squad. Yeah, a lot of trailers. I don't get how we got. I don't get how we got two seven minute trailers of (laughs) exposition. (laughs) Yeah, there. uh, I've seen that in the past where they'll start with just some gameplay and then end with like the exposition cut the, and sometimes the, it's longer but the first we saw of days gone the first it was a very long gameplay trailer with him running away from zombie horde <laughs> the very first trailer i the very first tra- there was not any other announcement <laughs> that yeah. was how it was announced that was how god of war the reboot was announced it was an incredible gameplay trailer i get that the vertical slices they had they take time to yeah. build but more game companies got to put their bus foot forward. Uh, you know, do we do we need to have everyone go back to strictly, you know, no variation? Give us the E3 walk everywhere, you know, where you walk just slowly through and pan out, you know, that way we can at least <laughs> see what the game's going to be without, you know, these quick cuts, you know, like. Yep. Oh, well. The E3 walk. I, I, I wish they would have, like, in the middle boring, of this cut, just squeezed classic. in, like, some elevator music with just a moment where they do the, like, slow walk. 
the slow just, like yeah really nobody are. walks as slow in a game like please yeah, <laughs> <laughs> nobody tilts their controller that little so yeah <laughs> well we certainly uh had a lot more opinions on suicide squad than i thought we did <laughs> um I just, this I feel- something else that you may have more thoughts on anthony uh, is capcom revealing three new street fighter characters which not necessarily new but new to street fighter 6 yeah i love the i love the brand new uh girl character i didn't catch her name i was also working at the time but uh, i was Lily. catching move set and stuff and that was she's the most unique street fighter character ever in my opinion and i think i think the stylization of her and the like her move set is unlike anything we've seen and yet it fits somehow it looks like a character that could be in tekken almost uh with the way some of the attacks work not necessarily the the stringiness of her arms but some of the other special moves um almost almost a smash like character in some ways um so i'm really looking forward to seeing her I thought it was weird that they turned Zangief into almost a luchador. That was really awkward. I don't know what the direction was on that and why they decided to do that. He's not all luchador, but he definitely has some luchador elements that deviate from his personality. That's, I don't know, that was a weird decision. So, I mean, Zangief can be Zangief. That's why he's in. I, I feel like that contrast of Zangief would work perfectly for Street Fighter Six, where it's, you know, younger crowd, and then you got old man Zangief doing Zangief stuff. Um, and then Cammy, I love Cammy. Cammy's always been one of my favorite characters. She looks like Cammy, so I'm happy about that. I just wonder if she if she's gonna be meta or not. So you know, <laughs> most, most times she's mediocre. Street Fighter Four, she was very good. Street Fighter Five, she's been pretty good. Um, but every Street Fighter before that, not great. So we'll we'll see where she lands. Uh, uh, in Street Fighter Six, if she, I'm going to use her regardless, low tier, high tier, I don't care. I like Cammy. The move set's fun to me. Yeah, I I have nothing to say. I'm not a fighting game person. It, I'm <laughs> I'm barely able to press a button in Smash. So I was it like 18. 18- roster 18 fighters is the final roster count i think that's pretty big i I could be wrong good start yeah what i think is really funny is that we saw this street fighter 6 we had tekken 8 with a new trailer this week and then they just announced mortal kombat 12 is coming like there's a chance all three of these games could release this year like from what um, they've said, this Tekken could still end up being in next year, but like there's a chance we get Street Fighter Six, Tekken Eight, and Mortal Kombat Twelve all in the same year. That's crazy. MK Twelve, um, from what I saw, is confirmed for this year, unless obviously yep. delays happen. Yeah, um, that's the only thing that can really hurt that is delays. You, uh, so I just now saw this. Um, Ed Boon, the infamous Ed Boon. Did you see what he tweeted out? <laughs> Yep. Did you see what happened with Injustice Three? Is what he yeah, said or something like that. Like, he made, so he made it into else, a joke. Who else heard about Injustice Three? 
I'm really sad though this with that tweet game. because I love Injustice. Yes. I thought Injustice Two was one of the, and I'm sure Anthony's probably gonna laugh at me under the table at like under the desk at how bad this take is. But I thought Injustice Two was one of the best fighting games that has come out. Just it had some really cool like ideas with that the year? gear system and whatnot. It's it's one of unique. my favorites in general. Yeah, oh, like Justice adding the gear. Adding the I, gears, the gear system was something I thought was really cool about the second game and how they right. changed that up. I I played the story and I liked it. I'm not a you know in depth, but I really liked the story. Yeah. Um, I was talking with a friend and we were kind of surprised. Like we're like, wasn't it supposed to be Injustice's turn to you know come out? But then we're like, <laughs> Injustice same year coming out with Suicide Squad. I just don't know. Well, you know, the reason, at least that I heard, and this is just hearsay, don't take it for uh, the truth on the matter, is with all of the different acquisitions from WB and Discovery and all these different mergers and whatnot, is they were concerned that there would be issues with licensing. That makes if, sense. Yeah, that's believable for sure. Yeah, that, that's because like, oh, obvious. Obviously, it's a whole lot easier to s- convince someone to take the Mortal Kombat license compared to <laughs> you have to buy onto DC. <laughs> oh, yeah, because at that point, it was who's going to own DC. Yeah, yeah. Not to mention, um, I believe Mortal Kombat, like that, they have. I'm pretty sure the studio itself, NetherRealm, may even have the rights. So there may not even be any issues with licensing for Mortal Kombat. So that that's at least a, a rumored reason that I heard about. So that's believable. So that they pivoted, they were going to do it. There, there were rumors that they were doing Injustice Three, that they may have been doing something else licensed, and, but that eventually, essentially, they pivoted back to Mortal Kombat Twelve. So it's it's. Very interesting. I, I'm not as big of a fan of Mortal Kombat as I am Injustice, so I am s- saddened that Injustice 3 isn't coming. But admittedly, at this point, it feels like uh, WB Games is what's keeping <laughs> the company afloat. <laughs> so we may get Injustice 3 eventually because that might be the only way that they can stay in business. <laughs> because, man, these licensed properties are paying off right now. I mean, I know Gotham Knights did not score as well, but it sold well. It actually did sell pretty well. Yeah. So beyond that, Baldur's Gate 3 launching August 31st, and it looks like it is actually going to be a PlayStation 5 console exclusive. There's been no specific note of its console exclusivity, but if you go to their website and look up what is it coming out on, it says that it's available in early access on PC, and at launch will be available on PC and on PlayStation Five. All right. Very, Exclusives very continue. Very, very interesting. I, I'm just honestly, I did not expect. <laughs> I didn't expect a console announcement at all for the game, but to announce it and it only be on one console was a bit of a surprise, at least to me. Yeah. Uh- I'm curious to know how it's going to sell. I mean, I don't think Baldur's Gate like blows the sales charts off. So it, it, it no doesn't have the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, it doesn't have the same name, at least that it used to. Because Bald- I know Baldur's Gate back in the day, that was that was the stuff. Yeah, <clears throat> I think those days have passed. 
<laughs> Obviously, um, it sells well enough. Something that somehow hasn't passed, uh, Resident Evil 4, because we are getting it remade after a port. <laughs> and they confirmed the return good. of Mercenaries mode. They did, and it so. looks good. The cool thing is there's a special demo of the game on the way, although I wonder if that is going to be exclusive to PlayStation. Because didn't they have a... Did, wasn't the Resident Evil 2 remake or 3 remake, didn't it have an exclusive demo for PlayStation? I want to say remember. yes. I, I, I remember having a demo, but I also play a lot of things on my PlayStation, so I, yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> I, I feel like 2 did. I feel like 2 did. 3, I think, was on both. But I think two did. Um, Destiny two Lightfall launch trailer. We got to see that. That looked pretty cool. I mean, and cinematic trailers are always really cool. <laughs> yeah. Um. Just real quick. It's 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 refreshing. I I have to commend Bungie because they have they have heard us. They went from <clears throat> not giving us any info on upcoming seasons until the day of release or the day before. And for Lifefall, they have literally told us everything <laughs> um, with cinematics, blogs, interviews. So it, it's is a Destiny lover. It's been very nice. So I, I have to throw kudos to them. So. Anything, Anthony? Uh, no, I'm still playing Hi-Fi Rush. <laughs> currently <laughs> we had sony revealing five more games heading to psvr2 which uh i'll go back to my previous uh blog post thing in the sense of what made the you must have got some money because what made these games more important than some of the other games that all we've gotten are blog posts for ps like we we've honestly most of psvr's marketing has been blog posts I, I'm uncertain as to why these games got got actual like a, a, a platform. Uh, not they look look cool. I'm just curious at this point as to what what made these games specifically. Uh, Foglands, some sort of haunted first person shooter. Uh, Green Hell VR, I believe that's already on the quest, but it's now coming. I've heard it's really good. Uh, a fast paced. FPS called Synapse from In Dreams, who've made some really good games. I'm excited and looking forward to. They've got a sci-fi stealth game that was that's based on the Foundation series by Isaac Asimov. I've I've never really heard of it, but I hear that it's really really cool. So that sounds interesting, at least. Uh, and then apparently a game called Before Your Eyes. It's an interactive adventure. And it's about memories where every time you blink, you jump forward in time. I'm really curious as to if they're using eye tracking. I was like, because dude, I die in five minutes. I, I know. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to be dead because like all the blinking, man. This is a game Especially you can only like, play for two minutes at a time. Like dust gets in your eye, dude. You're just, oh, no. Oh, man, no. Oh, like, no. Oh, flushing, you know, like you're dead. <laughs> I mean, I would assume you're going to find a way to maybe make that be in the game, but uh, you're going to have to make it a very deliberate blink <laughs> or something. That's, I that's don't know. That's the roguelike. You have to see how far yeah. you can get. 
you know. <laughs> They're gonna throw like flashing images at you, just all oh, kinds no. of weird stuff. And, it's just yeah. to train your eyes to get a little bit stronger each run. Yeah. You know? So eventually, yeah. you know, you'll have a flare in your face and you don't blink at all. <laughs> it's ex- it becomes Flash exercise bang. for your eyeballs. Yeah, you're doing the audio and the eyes. Yeah. Bro, I'm gonna be playing Call of Duty, get flash banged, and I like actually stare through the flash. Still, still see yeah. everything. <laughs> I still like, see everything. Yeah, it's like jokes on you. On, yeah, <laughs> those flash bangs in Call of Duty are no joke. <laughs> oh man, uh, Tetris Effect developers—they've got a new project called Humanity. We know that uh, Anthony have to check I this one Tetris out since Effect. I know he loved Tester's Effect. Yep. <laughs> oh so these devs, he's so going to have to mess around with this. Uh, it's, it's a spirit dog leading hundreds upon hundreds of humans in lemmings-like fashion. And apparently you can create and share levels with others around the globe. And it's going to be on PS5, PS4, PSVR, and PSVR 2. So interesting. I'm sure they will find a way to make it uh, very unique and different than most other things you can play because i know that they took tetris and really made it different and unique to play (laughs) um chia we got a launch date march 21st i'm very excited about that had a lot of fun with the preview for that and it's not only launching on march 21st it is launching into playstation plus extra so if you pay for the extra tier you will be able to get that on the 21st um, something that I was wanting to bring up is that PlayStation, they are really going heavy on their extra library. Like I, everybody was always like, you know, why are we paying for this? Why, what's the reason to spend the extra money for extra? And they're starting to give you a really good reasons to go ahead and buy PlayStation plus extra. Uh, this month we actually saw Horizon Forbidden West is an extra. The Quarry is an extra. Resident Evil 7 Outriders, Scarlet Nexus, Borderlands 3, Tekken 7, Ace Combat. I mean, there, there's lots of really good games that they have thrown into PlayStation Plus Extra this month. And then next month, they confirmed in a slide for Chia that was showing that it was coming. Not only is Chia coming, but we're getting Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection, the, the PlayStation 5 version, Ghostwire Tokyo, Rainbow Six Extraction, and Immortals Phoenix Rising as well. And that's just part of the list that's not everything that's coming so playstation is really like Up in their for, game. for for ev- everything that people trash them on when it comes to their subscription service not having day one games it might not be day one but have games there's some good games <laughs> there's some really good games that are getting added to this library and i mean the, the library was already pretty good with stuff like returnal and and Assassin's Creed Valhalla and there's there's some other really great games in there but man they just every month it feels like we keep getting some good stuff all the Yakuza games are in there like there there's really great games that are a part of PlayStation's extra and premium so hopefully they keep this run up because it's they're doing a really good job with it and we've even been getting hopefully they'll keep it up with the PlayStation classics they just dropped Legend of Dragoon, Dragoon with the extra trophies and rewind support and save states and all that like it's it's cool to see it's cool to see playstation get in on some of this game preservation as well as adding just some really great titles um to be except fair, for, when they started the subscription service it was 
It felt like they threw it out there. Like, hey, we, yep. we're making this thing. Yep. So I imagine they had to have some time to finalize contracts and licenses and oh, all fun. that. Now, like yeah, so now that they've gotten all those things squared away, here is PlayStation Plus Extra. Again, so. people forget that Game Pass was not that great when it first launched. <laughs> people forget that. It took them at least a year to get it really rounded into shape. And guess what? We're getting to a year on the new PlayStation Plus. <laughs> so yeah. it makes sense. Only thing that isn't as good is uh, the PlayStation Plus regular games that we get because, uh, well, actually, no, they're actually good, uh, except yeah, for one. Yeah, yeah. Minecraft Dungeons and Code Vein, I'll that's take. That's awesome. Know. Yeah, that's Great. all you need to know. Yep. Uh, but I feel like we're being attacked because <laughs> they're giving us Battlefield 2042. <laughs> The, uh, the uh, in your voice just why, killed. Me. Why, <laughs> just like, uh, why do you why do you hate me, PlayStation? Why? It it's yeah. still though like it, so it they've cracks made some me changes. up. I yeah, just, I haven't played them yet, but it's like uh, this is I, I might as well be. This is like getting Xbox Live games with gold to give me battle. Oh, it's not that bad. Too. Goodness gracious! <laughs> I'm Stop joking. That. Nothing is that bad. <laughs> Because la- last month, I mean, last month was killer for PlayStation Plus. It was Ali oh, yeah. Ali yeah. World, Mafia Definitive Edition, Evil Dead, and the Destiny Two Beyond Light expansion. Yeah, like PlayStation Plus has always been good. Yeah, they Free they game. just really for have sure. their subscription service as a whole you, you is starting now to like, catch oh, up. PlayStation Plus Extra is taking over, so now they're putting the bad <laughs> stuff in it, like Battlefield Twenty Forty Two. Oh well. Is it is it worth free? Caught a whiff of something stanky, just like oh, it just (laughs) yeah. It it always makes me think of that meme where they talk about the man. I'm having the worst day. Someone came up to my car, broke the window, and left two copies of Battlefield 2042 inside. (laughs) (laughs) So it was so something like that. It just that. So I read that and I I they left two copies of Battlefield. (laughs) I I about died when I saw that meme. I was (laughs) cracking up. Um, goodbye Volcano High is coming to PS5 and PS4. I know we had some really interesting opinions in the Discord about that one. That's just uh, too as much well as drama. Similar, yeah. God, <laughs> my, one like, of my buddies was like, like a high school. Oh, it is a high school drama. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I don't want that in my life. Yeah. Dang. Well, 36. I'm over that. <laughs> I forget one of my buddies. He was like, this sounds like Mindy Kaling wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> I like Mindy Kaling. Okay, don't do it. He was like, he was like, it seems like a game I would like. He's like, but the game, the writing seems awful. <laughs> was, was the writing like, didn't it, seem just, awful. It's just he's like they seem like they're complaining all the time and <laughs> purposefully so dramatic. I'm like, oh my god. Yep. He he was like, the characters sound insufferable. <laughs> so yeah, high school though. Yep. Oh yeah, we were all insufferable in that. Uh, Naruto, Exporto, Crossporto, whatever you want to call it. Ultimate Ninja Storm Connections new trailer. I didn't even know that there was a previous trailer to be honest with you, because I don't keep up with any of this stuff. Noah, was it good? I know you're into the, that area. You know, well, um, you can only repackage and repurpose <laughs> the Ultimate Ninja Storm collection so many times. Uh, <laughs> 
Like, so hey, they're I mean, they're Todd Howard. Can, they're Todd Howarding this stuff, if man. If you want to, if you want to rebuy, you know, the because they're they're talking like 4K 60 FPS on you know new gen consoles. I mean, you can watch people have re-edited the Naruto anime fight scenes in 4K 60 FPS, and that's <laughs> free on YouTube. You know, like so the. My biggest thing, and I don't know if it's like the grammar in me, but like either, you know, Bandai either all caps your entire title or don't all caps any of it. Don't all caps Naruto, you know, Boruto, and then at the very end, Storm Collections. You know, like just all one. Because I was typing that out to get the news article up, and that was annoying. <laughs> it was killing me. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's, stuff that really matters. That that's how much this really, game doesn't matter. You talk about the title. Yeah, like it, it's literally the same stuff that we bought when we did the Storm Collection. You know, all that fun stuff. So, I mean, One Piece Odyssey is half decent, half decent. So they're like, ah, just throw this one out there. One Piece Odyssey is carrying us as far as our anime yeah, love. <laughs> literally carrying us. <laughs> we just need to tie ourselves over till the new Tales game comes out. So. Yeah. And then lastly, we had a new trailer for Digital Extremes Wayfinder, the same people, I believe, that make Warframe. So I, I know you had something to say about this one, Noah. You were liking the look of it. Yeah, like it's online MMO. You know, the It's got a hub world, you know. The, the visuals on it uh, from the gameplay alone looked really good. Um, and I'm curious to see what you know, more characters and play styles they're going to add. Um, each one kind of looked really actually different in the way that they interacted with enemy combatants. And one of my favorite things about Warframe is the movement system in Warframe is fantastic. Uh, so if they can carry that over, I'm, I'm already sold. So it, it looks like a fun time. And the, uh, February, so 28th, so in like four days, they're doing a PlayStation exclusive beta that you should be able to go ahead and sign up for. Somebody pointed out that it's like sci-fi Kingdoms of Amalur. If that's your jam, then this should probably <laughs> fill that. Like, I, I at least kind of see the whole Kingdoms I, of Amalur. I can see the joke. Yeah. Like, I can see like at least the comparison of the way it looks like it, it definitely looks similar to that, that style. <laughs> but yeah, looks like a fun time. I'm definitely going to try and hop into the beta and see what, see what all the fuss is about. Oh yeah. I got to make sure and sign up for that before I leave today or I'll forget. <laughs> <laughs> Any other thoughts on, Everything as a whole, gentlemen. I guess the only thing I would say, why do we set ourselves up for these these state of plays and all that? We always get hype. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I... Here it comes. And then, as David points out, it could have been a blog post. And what I'm saying is, I think that's fine. They're informing us of some stuff that's coming out. I feel like whenever Nintendo, Microsoft, Sony does any of these things, we expect each one to be 
E3 levels of blown away <laughs> every time. And it's like, nah, I, I think we have seen enough of these and I've been disappointed with enough of these to go into it knowing don't expect much. In fact, don't expect much at all. Just watch it. If there's anything you like, enjoy it. If there's not, move on with your life. And yep. then, if they actually do surprise us, okay, great. We got a surprise. Hey, got a Fantastic. freebie. <laughs> I, I feel yeah. like we're just, we just want bangers. Oh, my God. We got to have it. Oh, just, just watch it, guys. Yeah, they did help set expectations, for me at least, because I... They know, do. Their, they, they're like, hey, this is, you know, what it's going to be. I, even with what they were, you know bullet point listing i wasn't expecting a big huge surprise reveal just because i think that's they're saving all their big stuff for the summer games fest that whole e3 time when they do their own state of play for the big stuff that's what i'm supposedly they're gonna do something before e3 so i'm very interested to see what happens there is it around the time that the Summer Games I mean, Fest is going su- on? Supposedly might be around May, actually. that's. I mean, I'm just, once again, hearing rumors, yeah. but yeah, that's. I could see I them wanting that's... to do something their own way, because that's PlayStation. It's yeah. PlayStation has become Nintendo in terms of communication. They do it the way they want, when they want. PlayStation has become Nintendo in a lot of ways. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just... I feel I feel sorry for everybody else who's always disappointed in these things, and I'm like, guys, you you're I, setting yourselves up. Yeah, I wonder. And where it's it Twitter's comes from. fault. It's Twitter's fault. The, honestly, it's, it's everybody rile all the time. All of these it's, people rile themselves up on it, and it's like, it, come on, bro, yes. we've done this before many times. I feel like I don't know if it's Nintendo's fault because Nintendo does tend to do random things in their uh, direct. The just but, one more thing. <laughs> Right, we stuff go, like that. You know. but, but I also feel like Nintendo fans are a different breed, but I feel like Sony fans are becoming like that too. The state of play, oh my god. Are they going to show... Wolverine game. Yeah, it's like... Way down the line. They're going to tease God of War 3. <laughs> it's like, no. They're, they're not doing that. Um, so yeah, that was my only other thought. I was just like, guys, yeah, this this wasn't I, fantastic, but I'm also not disappointed because I saw some Street Fighter Six, I saw some Suicide Squad. I'm not, I'm not like hyped over Suicide Squad, but I got to see some of it. I'm happy about that, so I got what I wanted out of it. Yep, I got a I got a clean, pretty looking Lightfall trailer, so I'm yeah, happy. Oh yeah, boy. Lightfall, yeah. You know, like that looks just incredibly dope. But yeah, she is coming I, in a month. I'm excited about that. Do what? I said she is coming in a month. I'm oh, yeah. excited about that. That yeah. one, yeah. Like it's you know the little things. You know, not every state of play is going to be a banger. Some of them most are aren't filler, and yep. set your expectations. I think that's the best. If they are, if, they're just doing it the wrong way. <laughs> if if the the way I always low, look at it is low. if the devs, if the Sony devs start hyping it, then you should be excited. I would agree because a lot of times when they're talking, the expectations. That, yeah, the, if they're talking about it, then that means they're excited to show you like something very specific. So it's you know very 
kind of, you know, going back to Destiny, when when Bungie employees start tweeting out Bungie, you know, in all caps, you know that a big meeting just went down that some stuff is coming that's really good. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I, I would expect. Went. I would expect honestly, we like we have actually gone almost. We've gone like a year and a half without a big PlayStation showcase. So I, I would imagine they've got some big stuff to show off, especially because Spider-Man's around the corner. And honestly, that's a lot of what we know about. That and Wolverine are really the only two announced PlayStation Studio projects. I don't think we really know what any other team is working on at this point officially, the full teams. Not yeah. not counting like Horizons DLC or something, which I was a little surprised we didn't get a look at that since it comes out in April. Yeah, April, so, right, yeah. So that'll be who a knows? we'll find out. There you go. Yep. <laughs> that'll be an email. Yeah. It won't it'll just email it out like hey. <laughs> well, all I know is the Star Wars Jedi Survivor is about to be the best game of all time because it comes out after Horizon. Oh, yes. <laughs> Anything that comes out after Horizon to release is one of the best things to ever come out. So I don't know what comes out next week because we just had Horizon release for VR. So something <laughs> something good is right around the corner, guys. D two Lightfall. Let's just go there. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah let's go. <laughs> first game of the year. There you go. <laughs> At least nomination. And that you is it for news? the news. Yeah. That is it. That is it. All right. Fantastic. Uh, we all need to go to sleep. I need to rest my voice. So appreciate you watching. Appreciate you listening. We will be back. Yes, we will be back next week. I, I'm always cautious now after the holiday season. It's like, wait, are we going to be back? Yeah, <laughs> we'll be back. So we'll be back. Deuces. Peace. <laughs>